listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. I'm hanging in. It's Monday. I already, I've already had to do plumbing. Uh, I had to rip apart oh, a, 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 a bathroom sink because I have a 14-year-old daughter who's very creative. And when you have a 14-year-old daughter who's very creative, every once in a while, she'll make you a painting. And then every once in a while, you have to use the little rotor thing and clean out the uh, the inside beneath the walls and pull a bunch of paint and, and, and long girl hair out of her bathroom because she's washing all of her supplies down the sink. So that's what I did this morning. Sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, it's been a blast. It's been a blast, Mike. I'm so happy to finally be sitting here with you. Because this morning I just did a lot of swearing and was covered in goo. So how, how's things going with you right now? Surviving. I mean, uh, got out a little bit, but been wearing masks and gloves to uh, most of the stores I go to. So uh, that's been a lot of fun. Um, and I'm trying to st- keep my head up, uh, just keep pushing forward throughout this pandemic thing. I've been trying to figure this out. Uh, does this mean that wrestling will eventually go to everybody's Lucha Libre because they all have to wear masks? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, I mean, uh, everybody <laughs> will be part of it. You know, uh, once this is over, I, maybe people won't want to take the masks off. Yeah. You know, because like, it's a big tradition in Lucha Libre to keep the masks on. Right. I mean, I would love it if uh, if somebody just like went went Lucha Libre because of the mask. Like, wouldn't it be like great if like somebody that you would never expect to do it? Like all of a sudden, here comes Alexa Bliss still wearing like the scantily clad outfit in a Lucha Libre Little Miss Bliss mask. Like that's I want to see that happen in WWE. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Even though we had this pandemic, uh, there's a lot of uh, stuff going on. In the world of wrestling, and before we get to WWE, because we have a lot to talk about there, I uh, just want to touch upon a couple of things uh, that happened last week, a couple of deaths, uh, notable deaths, and then also a couple of local happenings. First, um, the wrestling world lost longtime ring announcer Howard Finkel. He was the soundtrack of our childhood with WWE. He died at 69 last week, and his signature call when somebody won the championship from somebody else, and new World Wrestling Federation champion, oh, whoever, whoever it would be, whether it was Andre the Giant or Macho Man Randy Savage when Hulk Hogan won it back. He, Howard Finkel was the guy that put, that made that moment, that made a historical moment with his voice. Uh, I used to emulate Howard as a ring announcer for my Toy Federation many, many years ago. Great guy, company guy, probably the most loyal employee WWE has ever had, and we're all going to miss Howard very sad day when we found out he passed. Yeah, I thought it was a shame. When I saw that he passed away, I thought it was a shame. Like, I'm sure, you know, I mean, WWE is going to do their 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 tributes, but I think it would have been even more special if there would have been a crowd there, which is a shame. But uh, And who, who else did we have pass this week? Yeah, local, uh, long-time Chicago and Midwest independent staple, a, a man by the name of Kevin Clark, uh, but probably better known as the Zebra Kid, he died after a lengthy battle with cancer. 
And according to uh, reports, he wrestled around the world for 44 years. And I know he performed locally for Sam DeCero's Windy City Wrestling back in the 90s because I actually saw him live in a six-man tag match at the International Amphitheater, which is kind of a cool little moment there. And it was actually the first independent show I ever attended. So that was kind of a cool uh, indoctrination into the indie scene. And then also, uh, Zebra Kid received a Lifetime Achievement Award at the 2019 Midwest Wrestling Reunion, and it was a total surprise. It wasn't even announced beforehand. So they had him there, and they gave him an award, a nice plaque and all that. A, a really cool moment for a guy who put a lot of years into the business. Okay, so a couple quick more notes on multiple happenings before we jump into WWE stuff. Oakland's Joe Alonzo, you've heard that name before. He once again will appear on AEW Dark Tuesday night. That show airs on YouTube, and this time he gets to face Cody. So it's a huge match for him. Uh, Joe lost to Jake Hager a few weeks ago in probably like three or four minutes. It was a decent little showing, despite the fact he pretty much got squashed. And then also, I want to mention Kylie Ray, who was near the top of our local workers' rankings a number of weeks ago. She is now wrestling for Impact Wrestling, and she will be on their Rebellion show, which is actually was supposed to be last night, or Sunday night, this past Sunday night on pay-per-view. But now Rebellion will be a two-night event spread over two weeks on Access TV and Twitch. And that, again, is Tuesday night on Access. And her match, she will be facing Kira Hogan. So Kylie Ray is getting indoctrinated quickly into the Impact Wrestling scene already has a spotlight match on one of their bigger shows. When you're talking about a guy coming from Oaklawn and he gets a chance on AEW Dark and he gets a second match and he's going against Cody, that's really an audition, right? I mean, if they do a first match and then they're like, all right, a guy like Cody's going to wrestle him the next time, that's happening because Cody wants to see what he's like in ring because they want to know whether or not he's worth investing in and bringing him into AEW. Am I reading that wrong or is that pretty much how that works? I think you're reading it pretty well there. I mean, Joe is friends with Sammy Guevara, who's also part of uh, Inner Circle in AEW. So I think he probably got a good word from, from Sammy. And uh, he, he's a young guy, you know, um, up-and-comer, uh, has his brash, cocky personality in the ring. Um, he's a polarizing figure, to, to say the least. And he's the kind of a guy who um, I think has a future in a bigger company. So when, he, when a guy like Cody Rhodes says, okay, I'm going to wrestle him now, I think that's good, a good thing for Joe because Cody's made a lot of guys look good, uh, younger guys like uh, Darby Allen and, and people like that. So it's a big step for Joe. So we'll see what happens with that match. Right. I mean, it's also got to be one of those things as well as he doesn't care how the match goes in terms of results. He cares about the when it's all over, does Cody Rhodes look at him and say, you got the goods, kid, or you don't? Because you might not get another shot. You know, I mean, like, that's basically, if it seems to me like here's a guy who's up at the top of the company and his job is to see, does this guy work well in the ring? Will people enjoy working with him? So, I mean, you know, I mean, it seems like it's his final dress rehearsal to see if he shows up. So we might not be able to tell when we watch that match, but if he shows up again, we know it went well. And if we never hear of him in AEW again, the match went poorly. I'm thinking, though, uh, Joe has a chance to do a little bit of uh, impressing. And I think he will 
show a little bit, and hopefully he'll get another shot after this. So um, good luck to Joe Alonzo, and I'd love to see the, the local talent get their shots on the big time, whether it's AEW, NXT, WWE, etc. That's right. And then the problem is, though, you get your shot, and then a pandemic hits, and uh, a, a place like WWE releases a ridiculous amount of people. Yes. Um, unfortunately, there was a huge list of talent that got released last week. Um, and it's very sad to me. I, I know I made a couple of posts on social media, and this is on top of a lot of these independent guys not even being able to wrestle for their own companies and not making money wrestling. And now to see some of um, the bigger stars, or at least you know a few big stars, with also a lot of decent mid-card talent that was underutilized get let go, uh, it pulled at my heartstrings to see even a guy like Kurt Angle who got released from a producer's role backstage. This is a Hall of Fame guy, and now they're telling him to go home and you're done. Very sad to me. Rusev was probably the biggest name out of all the active wrestlers who got let go. I know there was a little bit of acrimony with contracts and stuff like that with him, but he was part of a, a pretty significant storyline that they devoted a lot of television time to with the, the, the Bobby Lashley and the Lana thing and he was a big part of it for several weeks, maybe even a couple of months, and now he's gone. And this is a guy that they pushed as a monster like five or six years ago. But, of course, John Cena beat him at WrestleMania, and he was never the same. Yeah, he came out in a tank. Remember, did, didn't he come out in a tank? I mean, they did everything they could to push him, yeah. and in the end, they just kept squashing him. And then he comes back with the Rusev Day, which, uh, again, yeah. that's amazing because Aiden English, who was with him on that, also got released. And Rusev yeah. Day was such Chicago a big guy. deal. And it's like WWE never got that he was, he had the fans and they didn't like it because it didn't make sense for what they thought he was going to be, which is a real shame. It was something that actually got over organically and credit to Aiden English from Chicago, by the way, Lions Township graduate, Columbia College graduate. I thought he really, with his singing, with his, Bike work got that gimmick over, and Rusev did a great job getting it over as well. And it was something awesome. It was organic. It was kind of like the Daniel Bryan thing from a few years ago. The fans just ate it up. They loved it. They wanted to see him get shot to the moon. But every time he seemed like he got big, uh, the carpet was pulled out from under him, and I, I just don't get it. It drives me nuts. Let's go through some of the people that got let go, though, that it made sense to me. And you could tell me if I'm wrong, okay? Like, okay. here's, here's a funny thing. I've met them personally. They're friends of my cousin. In fact, she was the maid of honor, or I, I, I think her, I think her sister was the maid of honor, but Maria Canellis is a longtime mm -hmm. family friend of, of my cousins from Ottawa, Illinois. And her and yeah. Mike, I've sat at a table with them at a rehearsal dinner and then uh, I had a couple of meals with them. Very nice people. But I didn't see why they were on the roster. When they got released, I was like, they were still on the roster? Like, I haven't seen them enough yeah. that I was like, I mean, it totally made sense to me that they were gone. Uh, Eric Rowan, they, they couldn't figure out what to do with them. And when they finally had something going on with them, it turned out he had, what, a, an animatronic spider inside of a cage that was a, looked like something yeah. my kid had is in their bedroom? I mean, he's probably happy to be released. He'll be in AEW very, very soon alongside Luke Harper, I bet. <laughs> like he'll be, he'll be in there without any problem whatsoever. Um, Heath Slater, here's a guy who I thought was extremely talented and was very loyal to a company that never... Um, that never pushed him when he was finally hot. Like when he had the I Got yeah. Kids thing, they just should have let him go with it, and they didn't do it. 
Carl Anderson and Luke yeah. Gales will just do just fine. Okay. I, I, I mean, I, yeah, I think uh, so. and that's the thing. And, and, and knowing that, and we talked about it before that AJ Styles is probably towards the back end of his wrestling career. They really didn't have a direction outside of standing next to him. So at least they are going to have a, a fresh start to figure something out. The only thing that sucks here though, is if these guys would have been released six months ago, a lot of these names are heading over to AEW, but now not mm-hmm. knowing what's going to happen over the next month to six months to a year. I don't know how, if, if that company is going to take a risk and sign anybody to anything other than like a, a minimum contract to hold them in there so they can show up every once in a while and develop something with them because they're not going to give them any real money until they know what's going on with their own product. It's not a good market right now for, to be a free agent in professional wrestling. I don't think because of the pandemic, I absolutely agree. And to get back to uh, Maria and Mike, uh, Mike was a very, very underrated talent. He was awesome in Ring of Honor. I, I just thought WWE could have done so much better with him. And I was kind of excited for their gimmick initially, Mike and Maria, and then they kind of just pulled, again, pulled the rug out from under him, and that's how that went. But Gallus and Anderson, out of that list, and Rusev will probably be the most successful guys and have the most shooters once wrestling gets back onto you know, a full scale again once this pandemic's over. You know, you got AEW, you got ROH, you got New Japan Pro Wrestling, you got Impact Wrestling, all companies, you know, viable companies that could uh, put in for that talent. And also, even before this mass release list was The Revival, who I totally see in AEW as soon as this thing kind of blows over. Those guys, I think, have been champing at the bit to get there. Uh, Cody, I think, wants them there. They, they, um... They have a dream match, the Young Bucks. So I think that'll be very exciting. Heath, I feel very bad about. That guy was there for 10 years. And speaking of guys I feel bad about, Zack Ryder was in that company for about 14 years. That guy got himself over through YouTube and social media. And then WWE said, okay, we're going to do all this YouTube and social media stuff, and then we're going to take away your show, Zack, and make it part of our, you know, our, our library of YouTube shows. So... His, um, his uh, something like the Z2 Long Island story or something like that from about a decade ago, that was his own creation, and WWE kind of took it and molded it into their own thing. Eventually it faded away. But now Zach and actually Kurt Hawkins, who also just got released, have a podcast now about action figure collecting, which is a really, really cool podcast. I actually watched that on YouTube the other day. And, man, those, I thought those guys were cool. I, I thought they were woefully underused, underutilized. And um, I really hope at some point they're both back in WWE or at least go to a place like an AEW where they're a little more appreciated. The following story is completely true. The names have not been changed because... Hi, I'm Chris Lanuti. I really got to read it? It's three words long. You're like getting ready, like adjusting yourself. Join me and my friends as we belly on up to my homemade nine-foot oak bar in my basement on the south side of Chicago. I say expose them to as much violence and nudity as you can at an early age to prep them for life. Was it hard to climb up the ladder in your skirt? No, it's just embarrassing. Oh, okay. Talking beer, fatherhood, fun, with season 11 out now. Your show is so different and fascinating. Wait, this is a podcast? <laughs> I just come over here to drink. There is a brand new season on demand and hundreds of other episodes available to you for the low, low price of four bucks. It's exclusively available through the Podbean app and podbean.com. Go direct to broadcastbasement.podbean.com 
Subscribe and get a brand new season of the Broadcast Basement and everything else we've ever done. I mean, let's be honest. You want to hear this song. Yeah, I hope you know yeah. I'll pack a chainsaw. I'll skin your ass raw. And if my day keeps going this way, I just might break something tonight. I'll pack a chainsaw. I'll skin your ass raw. And if my day keeps going this way, I just might break your fucking face tonight. Broadcastbasement.podbean.com. Four bucks. Best money you'll spend all day. I'll skin your ass raw. We sat around last week and we talked about the idea of, of like, we, we weren't sure what we were going to be able to talk about week to week with, with the pandemic and everything like that. And, yeah. and now we're going through this list and, and there's a lot going on. But if you can indulge me for just a quick second, I have a good Maria Canellas, okay. Mike Canellas story. Okay. Is okay. it, you good with that? Okay. So this yeah, is the first time that I've ever met Mike. Now, I had met Maria before. She used to come in from out of town, and if I went to my aunt and uncles and where my cousins were in Ottawa, Illinois, she might be on the road. She might get back to her hometown for Thanksgiving, like she gets off the road for a day or two, and she was with WWE at the time, and she came over because she had nowhere to go for Thanksgiving, and all I know is that this girl shows up at the door, and I'm going to tell you something. She didn't look like Maria Canellas. I mean, like, I, I watch wrestling. She like walked in and my cousin's like, this is my friend, Maria. I'm like, hi, how you doing? And like, she just walks by. Right. And then like, she gets herself like all like fancied up for Thanksgiving. She comes to walk out. I'm like, holy cow, Maria Canellas is there. Like, <laughs> I was like, what I was like, where did this chick come from? Like, it was the same one that just walked in the door with the baseball cap and her head down. I mean, it's, it's funny. There's like a WWE video going around where these girls are outside of their makeup and being done up. And then they, they quickly change into what they look like on TV. And some of it, it's very striking. So anyway, that's not really what the story is. The story is that now a couple years later, my cousin who knows that I'm in the wrestling at a rehearsal dinner for my cousin Emma's wedding and Maria's in the wedding. So of course, Mike is there and we're family. So we're all at the rehearsal dinner, really fancy place, downtown Chicago. And she places me at their table and like for the rehearsal dinner. So like my sister's there with her husband and me and my wife, Erica and a couple other cousins, but she was at our table and my cousin walks up and goes, you know, I put you there. Because I told her that you're in the pro wrestling. So don't be surprised if her and Mike ask. And Mike wasn't even in WWE yet. And I think Maria was taking yeah. time off as well. She wasn't in WWE at the time. And But the two of them were an item. And I, I don't even know if they were married yet. They were engaged or something along those lines. So they're sitting there. And I don't know a lot about the personal lives of wrestlers, Mike. Like, I, have no, I don't follow it. Like, I, I've started to follow mm-hmm. it a little bit now because we're doing the podcast. But I don't follow it. So I know what your wrestling character does, right? But I don't know who you're dating. So we're sitting there, and this is right during the time of the great CM Punk John Cena thing where he runs off and he leaves WWE and he comes back like he's the biggest star in the world, right? And she goes, who's your favorite wrestler sitting next to her boyfriend? I go, CM Punk, man. He's the best. And I go out about Punk for like 10 minutes before somebody, my cousin, walks over and leans in and goes, you know, they dated for like years. That was like the worst thing you could have said. Oh, that's right. And I totally, right. I totally embarrassed myself. I'm getting daggers from her new boyfriend who's looking at me trying to figure out if I'm messing with them. Like, they, you know, think about the people they come across, right? They're probably like, oh, this guy's a jerk. He's just messing with her. Like, he's purposely yeah. saying that because he thinks it's going to get under his skin. Like, I'm some guy. I had no, I had, had no idea. Like, I flat out had no idea. 
Like I spent the rest of the wedding, like just every time they would look over at me, they would give me a look like, what a jag. Like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> All I did was I was like, see him punk this, see him punk that. It's like, it's like sitting there and listening to a guy gush about your ex-boyfriend in front of your new fiance. And it was, it was yeah, one of my more brilliant funny. moments in my life. <laughs> That's an amazing story, Chris. <laughs> That's right. They did date. I mean, CM Punk dated uh, quite a few of the uh, women in wrestling over the years, and and yeah, she was one of them. Well, I mean, they were uh, basically local. They were basically local, yeah. if you think about it. I mean, she was from <laughs> Ottawa, Illinois, which is a deep suburb of Chicago, and he's from Chicago, mm-hmm. and so they ran in the same circles, and they were they consider. I mean, they they basically like when they came home off the road they were close enough to each other that it made perfect sense for them to start hanging out outside of wrestling. You see, I mean, like that, that's kind of, I think how a lot of this works. Like, I mean, you look at these relationships that these wrestlers get in the men and the women, they're mostly dating people that are on the road. Like every once in a while, I'll look at like something. I'll be like, well, you know, I mean, of course, I mean, if you were a wrestler and you were walking around and you didn't really get a lot of interaction with other people and there's people walking around in scantily clad outfits, looking all sexy of the opposite sex. Okay, or whatever you're interested in. Of course, you're going to start dating each other. I mean, like that, that sex tape that came out a few years ago with Paige didn't shock me at all. I expect it's happening every night. I imagine orgies left and right in the hotel rooms. That's what I think is going on, at least. Well, back in the day, I think that was a regular thing, too, when uh, when this stuff was a lot more taboo back in the 70s and 80s. You right. Know, when Rick Flair was style and profile, he would go to the bar and knock back a few, hang out with the ladies and all that, and it was crazy. I think nowadays it's a little bit more under control. I mean, I think now there are a lot more stable relationships in wrestling. Um, I think Triple H and Stephanie was was one of the first ones that kind of came out, and once that came out, kind of came out in the open, then Pandora's box was open, and a lot of other people started dating wrestlers as well. And everybody knows about Macho Man Randy Savage and Elizabeth. They were an item before they got to WWE, and that's why she ended up being part of his act. But yeah, I mean, it was very much frowned upon on dating other wrestlers. And now it just makes total sense. I mean, even you got couples like Renee Young and, and John Moxley when they were both together in WWE, even though they were apart. But and obviously they're together now. Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch, and it's when they're both at the yeah, top. Rollins and Becky Lynch, yeah. And, and it's when they're both at the top. I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, you think about the fact that if you're at the top, right? I mean, Becky is mm-hmm. is headlining at the same time that Seth is headlining, so they're clearly at every show with each other. They're both having big moments with each other. They're both got the spotlight on each other, so who's going to relate to who the best? Those two are going to relate to each other easily a lot more than somebody else who's further down the roster and what they're going through and the amount of fans that are massing around them. So, of course, they're drawn to each other like a magnet to each other. And, and, and when you actually look at it, you see that this is like, this is kind of how it probably is like in the wrestling world, which is also a reason why every once in a while you hear about so-and-so and so-and-so are engaged. And then all of a sudden they're not engaged because as you get closer mm-hmm. to marriage, you start to actually like evaluate like, well, why do I hang out with this person? And if, if the answer mm-hmm. is because I'm on the road with them 200 days a year, but otherwise I don't know if I have a lot in common with them, maybe the relationship ends as well. So I think that it's, I, I'm surprised WWE hasn't actually jumped into that more. They've touched on it with divas, but I'm surprised that they don't have like, like a more like in-depth thing where they're following them around and dating and they're not taking advantage of the poor people lower on down in the, in the roster that just want some exposure and would probably expose mm-hmm. more of their private lives to get on camera because you know there's got to be a culture going on off screen that 
would that they could sell easily. I mean, if you could put these stupid shows on Netflix and everywhere else with these dating shows, if Joe Millionaire, remember that from 20 years ago, could be something everybody sat down and watched, people are going to watch and see who's sleeping with who in the WWE, right? Yeah, like the Real Real Housewives of WWE. Exactly. Or, or wags, of, wags of WWE. That's what that's what Divas, I think, was. I mean, they've they've touched on it a little bit with Divas, but you, I, I don't think yeah, that they've gone I, all the way on it, and I'm just surprised that Vince, I mean, the, the man just goes for the money. I'm surprised that he hasn't just gone after that at some point. I, I think eventually he will. Whether or not you agree with it or not, I think he will. I think that it's, especially now when you're looking for income streams, I can't believe we're not following around all these people and, and doing like WWE relationships on the WWE network. He might, you know, he might get actually more viewers there right now than with empty arena shows. You know, that's the cynic in me, Mike. Yeah. If there's a dollar to be made, I think Vince uh, usually capitalizes on it, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely more stuff out there that he can be doing to make money. And speaking of, <laughs> Silly concepts, if you want to segue into something else real quick. They announced this past week on SmackDown, Money in the Bank, the ladder matches themselves are going to be taking place at WWE headquarters up in Stamford, Connecticut. Now get this, they're going to start on the ground floor of the building, and they're going to fight up to the top of the building, where supposedly a ring will be set up on the roof with the ladder and the briefcase. So they're basically, like, um, <laughs> for instance, there's that um, walk-up John Hancock thing right. where you got to walk up all the steps and stuff. Right. They'll be fighting up all the steps and then there are the elevators or whatever they choose to go I think this is brilliant. I think this is brilliant, and I'm going to tell you why, Mike. This is why this is brilliant. One, you're going to have an exciting finish where somebody's going to be on a ladder on top of a building and there's going to be a great fall. Like, somebody's taking an amazing bump. But the other thing is, the comedy... And the storytelling you can add into this, where like a, a like somebody's moving down a hallway and just opens a door and there's something weird going on in the office. Like you go by Vince McMahon's office and he's just flexing and talking to himself in the mirror. Like you could have so much, <laughs> so much fun, like characters that you haven't seen before. And they're like being kept in a closet or some guy's a janitor. And it's like, man, you've fallen far. I mean, like jokes that you could make when you're going through the building and the way that guys can just like different scenes and different sets. To me, it's probably the best idea they could have for money in the bank. I know there are going to be people who always criticize things, but think of the potential. Now, if they don't come through on that potential, it's just a bunch of idiots fighting through a hallway and hitting each other with chairs and none of that stuff mm-hmm. happens. Well, then you've, you've missed a golden opportunity. But I, I mean, I imagine like this would have been great. Like imagine if like this would have happened with like the rock, and his interaction with people as he moved through the hallways, trying to find his way to the top of the building. <laughs> Just like the conversations with people that he would have had. Like, that's that what they need. Horrific. Yeah, that's what they need. They need something like that. Where it's, <laughs> it, it's like, I mean, it, it, first of all, it would be brilliant. Secondly, you're shooting the whole thing. So it's all going to be pre-taped. So you can, you can go at whatever pace you want to. You can script it out like a movie. I mean, it could be absolutely brilliant if you do it the right way. Uh, you know, I mean, like, I, it makes me... Them going through the building actually makes me more interested in it because of that potential than if they were just doing it inside of a ring. Like, I'm going to be more interested in watching it. So I'm hoping they're going along those lines. Maybe they wreck Vince McMahon's office or they right. go into the board conference room and roll around on the table and oh. stuff like that. Start throwing the office chairs around. Total fan service stuff. Like they, they go into an office and they find like a whiteboard, how to squash wrestlers that the fans like that they don't want to get famous. <laughs> 
Like just like silly stuff like that. You know, Triple H, they, they walk into a room and Triple H is, there's actually six Triple H's just like in Westworld. And it turns out that he's just a robot and he's controlled by the company, right? I mean, like, I mean, imagine yeah. like the crazy stuff you could do. It could be insane if you really think about it. I'm just, I mean, like, this is why I should be writing for these guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see what they, <laughs> how they pull it off and how they execute it on May the 10th. That should be a fun show. Uh, you have a men's version and you have a women's version. So who knows? Maybe they'd be fighting in a broom closet. Maybe you see, like you said, a janitor. At one point, WCW made Hacksaw Jim Duggan into a janitor, but that's bad booking and bad history. Um, watch that taste out of my mouth. But it's going to be a fun, fun little um, little gimmick. Well, what they should do, what they should do is they should have both of them doing it on opposite sides of the building. You have to take the east stairwell, the women and the men take the the west stairwell so they can every once in a while interact with each other as they're moving through their matches, trying to find their way through the building to figure out how to get to the top. <laughs> and then just have one finish before the other one finishes. You know? You split screen it a little bit too at times? I, 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 I'm tell- yeah, I mean, I think that this would be, there's so much you could do with this that now... That I and like you, you tell me the idea, and I've come up and riffed off about four or five solid ideas that could happen during this thing. If they don't pull off a good one, everybody should be fired. <laughs> yeah. I I think it should be fantastic. I, yeah. I just hope they don't get too hokey with it. That's all. Oh no, bring on all the hokiness, okay? Mick Foley. I just want him. <laughs> I just want. I want. I want. I want Mick Foley to come up all three times in all three of his characters. And act like it's the first time that he just saw the person. Like, I mean, there's so much you can do. This is his <laughs> look. <laughs> like a haunted house. Have all these like, old characters come out. Right. I mean, there's, right. I mean, there's so much you can do. There's so many like Al Snow comes walking out and he's holding the mannequin head and he's and he just like gets out of a room and he's like, man, I've been stuck in there forever. What year is it? Like just crazy stuff you can do. <laughs> <laughs> that would be crazy. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Yeah, I can't wait for May 10th to get here now after this conversation. Now I'm super now excited. I've, I've built this up bigger than what WWE's going to do, and I just ruined it for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Should be fun to see who ends up winning the briefcases, too, in terms of future storylines and which champion will be the one that loses first, whether it's Braun Strowman or Drew McIntyre. I think Braun will probably be first to lose his championship because I think Drew's going to have his title for a while. I mean, they did the nice build for Drew. Now they're going to have him and Seth Rollins at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view as well, which should be a really good match. I think two very solid guys. I think Drew will be made from being in the ring with Seth. I mean, not that he wasn't, wasn't made by being Brock and then the big show a couple weeks ago. But yeah, I, I think that could be a performance that defines Drew at that show as well. So it should be an action-packed show with those ladder matches and then that Drew McIntyre-Seth Rollins match. And then also you got Braun and The Fiend. So that could be interesting to see where they go with that. I think well. they should just put it right back on The Fiend. Yeah, I, th- I, I would dig that. I mean, I, I love what they've been doing with him. Uh, he's got momentum again after that uh, Firefly Funhouse match at WrestleMania. 
And I would love to see him get another run with it. Anyway, you've been listening to Windy City Slam. Check it out each and every week live on the Podbean app at noon. All you have to do to get the Podbean app is go to windycityslam.podbean.com or just look it up in your app store on your Android or your iPhone, and then you'll get a notification when we are live. Also, follow us on social media at all the different social media stops. And remember, we're found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at windycityslam.com. Take it easy, bud. Yeah. You're screaming because my name